Hi, welcome to the Emotional Stuff Podcast, hosted by Dr. Marcus Motley, clinical psychologist and positive psychology coach. Here you'll get powerful stories, techniques, strategies, tips, and targeted recommendations on how to effectively deal with anger, sadness, grief, anxiety, jealousy, fear, and other minor, major, intensely difficult, and disempowering emotions. Listen to the Emotional Stuff Podcast, read our blog, and begin to heal your hurt, manage your emotions, deal effectively with difficult people, handle stress better, and fully empower yourself to change and grow in the ways that you really want to. Dr. Motley helps you to remove the emotional chains that are shackling you. Hello, this is Marcus Motley with another episode of the Emotional Stuff Podcast. This is a show where we discuss the best tips, techniques, and strategies on how to deal with your emotional stuff. We talk about how not to let your emotional stuff derail you or deter you or put you on a detour from your destiny or weaken your resolve to maximize your potential. And most importantly, we talk about how to use your emotions to empower yourself, to connect with others, to make positive changes, and to get what you deeply desire from your life. In this episode of the Emotional Stuff Podcast, I'm highlighting four signs of emotional health. These days, it can be all too easy to lose track of our emotional health. After all, our emotions don't pay the bills, right? In a way, they kind of do. Your emotional health plays a huge role in how well you can get work done, largely because it can manifest in physical symptoms. The good news is that that means that even if you aren't very in touch with your emotions, there are symptoms that you can watch for to know if you are emotionally healthy. Here are four issues that I cover in this podcast that can alert you when there's something wrong. One, stress. Two, weight gain. Three, your levels of energy. And four, sleep. Let's take the first one, stress and emotional health. Of all the factors that negatively impact our emotional health, stress is probably at the top of the list. It's important to remember, however, that we often think about stress in dangerously simple terms. Now, biological stress is anything that your body needs to adjust to, from a tough job to a loss in the family to other incidents and challenges that you may face on a daily basis. Stress can even come from good things, like a promotion or winning the lottery or a birth in the family. Now, stress is implicated in a lot of different physical illnesses. So, for example, stress and anger and stress and jealousy or stress and envy or stress and frustration can cause physical problems with the liver because when you're under particularly high levels of stress, the liver produces excess cholesterol. The bile production becomes unbalanced and that by itself can impair digestion. And according to some researchers, blood then begins to stagnate in the liver, therefore reducing the body's ability to detoxify other parts of the body. In addition to that, the liver and the gallbladder are also implicated in negative emotions. 
The other area that we should focus on or pay attention to is when stress is related to anger and impatience and maybe even hate or dissatisfaction with people or things. And it affects the heart and it also affects the small intestine of the body. Some of the physical symptoms may involve palpitations and high blood pressure as well as chest pain. And so these are related to high levels of stress, particularly around things like worry and anger and impatience. Stress also has an impact on the spleen and the stomach and the pancreas, particularly with regards to worry and anxiety. Some of the physical symptoms may include impaired digestion, difficulty eliminating waste products, etc. So the spleen and the stomach and the pancreas are severely impacted on the things like stress and anger and hate and worry and mistrust and anxiety. Stress also affects the lungs and the large intestine. So, for example, again, anxiety or depression, the mood disorders, sadness, and some of the physical symptoms can include breathing problems, decreased oxygenation of the blood, and constipation. Stress also impacts the kidney and the bladder. And it's particularly worrisome when you're involved with negative emotions such as fear and worry. Some of the physical symptoms would include loss of sexual energy. The body becomes acidic, so there's an imbalance, the pH imbalance in the body. The nervous system becomes stressed, and people sense a loss of energy. And so this is implicated in things like anxiety, depression, sadness, and particularly fear. So as you can see, there's a relationship between stress and emotions, and there's a direct correlation between stress, emotions, and some physical illnesses. Now, the second thing with regards to emotional health has to do with your weight. Now, because your belly doesn't exist in a vacuum, we have to really look at the relationship between belly fat particularly and emotions. So, for example, your belly influences or is influenced by a complex series of hormones that course through your brain and your body constantly. And of course, when we talk about your belly, we're really talking about your digestive system and your stomach. So our bodies reflect our emotional state. Our hearts pound when we're afraid. Our blood pressure soars and goes up when we're angry. And our stomachs churn when we are feeling guilty or even when we are feeling afraid. You know, there's an old term called yellow belly. And the yellow belly is a negative term which is associated with cowardice, people who are extremely fearful of circumstances in which they find themselves in. And when it comes to our stomach and our belly, the fat in that area responds too. Sometimes our emotion-driven hormones act directly on the fat cells, causing us to gain or lose fatty tissue. Other times, they drive behaviors that lead to greater weight gain, such as eating or binge eat. Either way, being more in touch with your feelings can help you to reduce some levels of stomach fat. 
And then any bad mood can lead us to try to comfort ourselves with food. And so, for example, there's a term called comfort food. For example, donuts and sugary liquids and sometimes hamburgers and pizza, things that have in high levels of carbohydrate are often related to comfort food. And moods like loneliness and so forth can impact how you eat and what you eat. But the link between loneliness and weight gain is more substantial than that. A new study in the Journal of Hormones and Behavior found that those who feel lonely experience greater circulating levels of the appetite-stimulating hormone called ghrelin, spelled G-H-R-E-L-I-N, that increases after they eat, causing them to feel hungrier sooner. Over time, folks who are perennially lonely who are often lonely, simply take in more calories than those with stronger social support networks. When you're anxious, your body feels like it's under a tremendous amount of stress all the time. This is why anxiety is a powerful trigger for weight gain. Another recent study in the Journal of Eating and Weight Disorders placed anxiety as one of the most important factors significantly associated with weight gain. In fact, two-thirds of people with eating disorders also suffer from anxiety, and the anxiety usually existed first. When stress hits, the first thing your body does is to up its production of the hormone adrenaline. And adrenaline causes fat cells all over your body to squirt their stores of fatty acids into your bloodstream, where they can be used as energy. Now, this was great back when stress was meant to deal with a charging tiger or an attacking horde of enemies, and you could turn up and head for the hills, or you could run up a tree to hide. But you can't really run away from a deadline or take up arms against a traffic jam or deal with a lot of the challenges that you have on the job in a physical way. All you can do is to sit down, calm yourself and soothe your nerves. And many people try to do that by having a snack and then another snack and then some caffeine. And the caffeine, of course, is loaded with sugar or they have a soda or they have an energy drink all of which are bad for the human body. Meanwhile, a second hormone called cortisol grabs all of those unused fatty acids from your bloodstream and stores them in your belly region. So the fatty acids are unused because they were triggered when the body felt that there was an alarm, like if you were being attacked by a bear, if you were being attacked by a bear, then you needed energy to run away from the bear or to fight the bear. But because you're not fighting a bear, you're just fighting a deadline, or you know, you're dealing with a, a difficult colleague, you're just sitting there on the phone listening to somebody who is cussing at you over the phone, your body doesn't do anything and therefore it doesn't need anything. But it doesn't know that. And so the cortisol is released into your bloodstream. So with that fat is not burned, your body goes looking for more calories to replace the fatty acids that it released earlier. So you release the fatty acids, you don't use them, but your body still goes seeking for more fatty acids that were already released in the bloodstream. So that being said, 
if you're looking for something to munch on three hours after your last meal, and sometimes less than that, maybe half an hour after your last meal, then you are going to be continuously hungry and continuously stressed and you're continually snacking up and you're continually building up fat that you don't need. So that's a disastrous cycle and it's all triggered by stress. And so there's a strong correlation between high levels of stress and weight gain. There's also a correlation between your levels of energy and your emotional health. So that's the third one, emotional health and your energy. While most people think of energy in physical terms, there's actually a level of emotional energy that we all have. Many people may not even realize that they are emotionally drained because they have allowed their emotions to go unrecognized and unresolved for so long. In other words, a lot of people have low levels of emotional awareness. And so when their emotions are going up and down, they hardly pay attention. They probably only pay attention when it gets to crisis levels. But for most of the time and most of the day, their emotions and moods are changing and they think that it's normal. And so when your emotions, particularly some of the difficult emotions, are being triggered, your energy is also being triggered. So for example, if you if somebody comes in and gives you a really, really hilarious joke and you start laughing and so forth, that takes energy. You're using energy to fulfill that that laughing and the feeling of happiness or joy or whatever feelings you are having at the moment. And so Wasting emotional energy can leave you feeling exhausted and mentally tired in ways that may not be related to your physical health. In other words, so you understand very clearly the relationship between energy usage and, you know, the jokes that you're having on the job. Well, similarly, if you are being stressed all day, you're talking to difficult clients, you're dealing with deadlines, you're dealing with difficult managers and supervisors, you're dealing with difficult bosses you're dealing with difficult problems and challenging situations. And so you're utilizing your energy throughout the day. And at some point of time, you're not physically tired, but you're emotionally tired. But you may think that it's physical tiredness when it's really emotional tiredness. And then low energy levels can be related to diet, stress, or physical imbalances. But once those are ruled out, it may be more of an issue with emotional energy. In other words, some people who have low energy levels do have some physical background illnesses. But once those are ruled out, which a medical doctor can do, then you're left with the fact that your low energy levels are really due to low levels of emotional energy. Now, people with drained emotional energy may complain that they feel tired all the time or that they're dulled and, and feel lethargic and they really haven't been using any physical energy throughout the day. So, for example, they're just sitting at their desk, their fingers typing on their computer, their fingers are not tired, but the, the rest of their bodies are. And there's no obvious reason for that, except that it's really the fact that there are so many emotions running through your body, the, the pressure that you feel for, from having to complete this, this particular task or the fact that you have been procrastinating and so now you're up against it. 
So in order to address this lack of energy, you really need to look at your emotional life and to determine what can be improved and what can be healed and what can be addressed through better emotional health, through mental health, through relaxation exercises, through stress management exercises, through better scheduling of your work, etc. Now, experts in nutrition, sports medicine, and endocrinology agree that the majority of our total energy, about 70%, is actually emotional and not physical. So taking care of yourself emotionally can be a major component of your overall health and energy level. If you feel tired and drained, but you don't know why, then you may have some emotional issues that you do need to address and address them quickly. If you regularly feel exhausted even after a good night's sleep or a day of non-physical demanding tasks, it might be a sign that your emotional self is not well and that you need help in that area. And finally, let's talk about emotional health and sleep. Now, emotions play a key role in overall mental health and sleep plays a crucial role in maintaining the optimal balance of emotional functioning. Poor sleep habits negatively impacts the generation, regulation, and expression of healthy emotions. And that is a crucial thing to think about. Scientists offer two explanations for the effects of sleep loss on emotions. One explanation is that sleep loss causes the malfunctioning of the regions of the brain that are responsible for emotions. And this leads to an overall increase in emotional hypersensitivity. In other words, lack of sleep can cause you to be emotionally hypersensitive. The other explanation describes how sleep loss causes an increase in fatigue and sleepiness, coupled with an overall decrease in energy and emotional sharpness. And this leads to an overall decrease in emotional awareness and sensitivity. So sleep loss can cause emotional hypersensitivity. Sleep loss can also cause low emotional sensitivity. So you can suffer from both when you are sleep challenged or when you have sleep problems. And sleep problems can have very serious impacts on your emotional health and also on your physical health. Deficient sleep patterns are prominent in many psychiatric ailments. Insomnia increases the risk of a depressive episode. Sleep deprivation influences the onset of hypomania. And sleep disturbance contributes to the maintenance of mood disorders. Now, amongst manic bipolar patients, sleep loss may act as a trigger in the onset of a manic episode. So, irregular sleep patterns and lack of enough sleep can lead to very serious health implications. Not only emotional issues but physical health and mental health problems as well. So we have looked at four signs of emotional health. We looked at stress, weight gain, energy, and sleep. If you have any problems related to these four areas, I suggest that you seek help from a competent health practitioner, including a clinical psychologist or medical doctor. 
Hi, thanks for listening to another episode of the Emotional Stuff Podcast, hosted by Dr. Marcus Motley. Listen, if you need private, personalized information, techniques, or strategies that are designed specifically to help you or a friend or a loved one, then please contact Dr. Motley at empowerme at hotmail.com. That's M-P-O-W-E-R-M-E at hotmail.com. Or go to the website at emotionalstuff.com, emotional, S-H-T-U-F-F.com, and leave a private comment or make a specific confidential request. Remember, you can always contact Dr. Motley for private and confidential coaching and counseling assistance.